Live from Salt Lake City, Utah, this is Heart of the Matter, where we do all we can to worship God in spirit and in truth. And I'm your host, Sean McCraney. I'm here with my G-Boys, Laser, and his little brother, Samson, and my son-in-law, uh, Nicholas, and my daughter, Mallory. And let's begin with a prayer, and then we will uh, we'll, uh, let them talk for a second and see if there's anything these boys or girl want to say. Lord, we just love you and are grateful for life. You make it better. And uh, we just pray that you will uh, watch over the program tonight and the people involved. In Jesus' name, amen. You want to say something? Okay, hold on. Let me give you my microphone. This will be important. Okay, go ahead. So, when have you grown up? When have I grown up? I'm still working on it. <laughs> all right. That's all. That's all? Okay. Do you want to introduce your Bowser buddy? Okay, what's his name? Bowser. Bowser. And you love him the most of all the characters you play with? Nope. I like hypnotizing guys more better. Wow. Hypnotizing Okay. Guys. Laser, anything you'd like to say uh, on camera? Yes. I have a broken arm right here, and I fell off the trampoline. That's how I broke it. And um, I had a bruise on my face. That's it. Wait, you, I know you broke your arm, and then you said one last thing I couldn't hear you. One more time. The last thing? The last thing you said? I like video games. Oh, yeah, he's a gamer, this guy. <laughs> gamer. <laughs> and, you know, Mallory married this, uh, this stranger. We didn't know him from Sweden. And uh, a great dad, fantastic dad and fantastic husband, a very important part of our family. This is Nicholas. Anything you want to say? I approve this message. <laughs> I approve this message. All right. Well, boys, thank you for being on the show. We're going to talk to your mama now and uh, go from there. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Applause. Thanks, brother. Just a reminder, a Heart of the Matter 1.0, which is what we're doing right now, is wrapping up next week. Wrapping up next week. And Heart of the Matter 2.0 is kicking off on October 31st. Uh, 8 p.m. right here, Halloween night, anniversary of Martin Luther nailing his 95 Thesis to the door at Wittenberg. It's going to be bold and brass in the face of the Utah churches and their leaders who are taking uh, unsuspecting people, exiting LDS people and others, and putting them in religious bondage. So tell your friends uh, and family and anybody who's been LDS or who wonders about religious bondage, if they're attending South Mountain or if they're attending Calvary Chapels or K2 or The Rock or any Ortho Presbyterian or Reformed Church, any church that pretends to have authority, any church that uh, demands tithing and, and, and offerings, any church that is uh, frightening people with Jesus coming back to destroy the world and, uh, or making people serve them, any church that's doing that in this state we're going after, we're going to talk openly and honestly and it's not the men, it's not the, 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 the people who go to those churches that we're talking about. Just like we weren't talking about individual Mormons. We're talking about the principalities in high places and dark places. The, the subjective choice of people to attend places, that's theirs. We're not picking on them. We're picking on institutional thought that captures and traps people. And so that's October 31st, Halloween night, 8 p.m. And if you're in town, you can join us here. We're going to have a party, some hot dogs and food and candy, of course. So there it is. Mallory, the girl who made me a, both a father and a grandfather. Uh, let's begin before we talk by running a segment that is available online and uh, it takes nine minutes but it's it's gonna go back it's me doing a follow-up on something I think it's self-explanatory let's take a look for many one of the biggest fears we face as parents leaving the LDS Church is how will this decision affect my children after all we raised our kids to believe in Joseph Smith to sing uh, Book of Mormon stories, and then by the time we as adults are willing to open our eyes and look at the facts, our children have made great friends in the warden's stake. They've borne testimony that they know the church is true, and they might have even served on a Mormon mission uh, or been married in the temple. 
I want you to know that as frightening as it is, we can never ever go wrong in exposing our children to the truth and in trusting in God completely and in loving them too much. Some of you know that uh, I've been blessed with three what I believe are tremendous daughters, Mallory, Cassidy, and Delaney. And they are strangely unique, but at the same time very much alike. Of the three, Mallory, our oldest, was quickest to reject all faith and basically turn to the world when I abandoned, abandoned the LDS ship. Three years ago, I invited Mallory to come on the program and share her thoughts about God, which I knew were going to be highly controversial. We recently, I mean, we received a great deal of heat for what she said from the more tightly wound Christian community. Uh, and I, let's just go back and take a look at what she said. The audio is a little rough at the beginning, but let's just take a look. I'd like to introduce you to my oldest daughter who has some thoughts to share. Now understand this. I believe that everybody uh, has to speak honestly and from their heart. And I think it's important that honest expression uh, is shared. That way you can come to truth when you're being honest. And Mallory is an honest girl and she's going to honestly share her thoughts. She's a, a songwriter. She played at Heart in the Park from New York City and uh, coming back to spend some time with us this summer. So Mallory, uh, please share your thoughts with us. I assure you I'm not as entertaining as my sister, but I'll do my best. I had some mixed emotions about coming here tonight. Um, as I told my dad when he first asked me if I'd like to come. As some might know, I'm on the proverbial fence when it comes to believing in God or a God. And for that reason, I feared I might make my pops look bad, uh, being somewhat of the lost sheep in my family. He was quick to ease my worried mind, though, being the compassionate, accepting man and father that he is, and told me this is what his show was about, loving and listening to everybody. Well, I'm starting to <laughs> rethink my decision, Dad. Just kidding. Um, the idea of God was planted in my brain from the day I was born, really. Uh, and up until I was about 14, I went along in the Mormon church, obeying commandments and doing what I thought was right, when in reality I had no testimony of Jesus or knew who he was, really. And as I've grown older, and wiser, of course, uh, I'm not sure exactly how or why, but I've lost touch with God. And moreover, I find myself uh, unsure if he even exists. As my dad likes to tell people, I suppose I'm now considered of the world. I don't go to church, I don't pray to anyone, and as of yet, I don't see any reason to change this lifestyle I've established, besides the fact that I know it saddens my family. And though I have chosen to, I guess, uh, live by my own standards based on what, what gives me pleasure, I still think about God and why there are so many who live by Him and His Word. Everyone has their own demons to battle, and I believe we all fight or put off fighting them in whatever way we choose in order to feel better. We fight until we uh, find nothing is working and we finally give up. And when you've reached that point where it seems like you just want to die, you're so helpless. I believe this is a very likely time for a person to turn their life over to Jesus. Because what else is there to do? What else can make me feel better and that this life is worth living? When I look at it this way, it appears to me that God is the weak man's answer. You're so sad and disillusioned that you convince yourself that God must be the answer. You force yourself to be optimistic about this heart-wrenching existence, because if you don't, you won't make it. In that sense, maybe God isn't a bad thing. Some people in their utter disparity may need such a concept to survive. But I don't know if I believe he's real um, or the answer to everyone's struggle. In fact, uh, maybe he's just a nice idea that eases the pain in everyone's heart while we live day to day. And in that, suddenly everything in life, good or bad, is what is supposed to happen because God is in charge. I, uh, it seems to me that a lot of what I attribute to fate and coincidence is attributed to God by others. The other day, because of a few key decisions I made, I ended up having a really great experience. And as I was telling my mom about this, she asked me why, uh, why I thought all these coincidences were happening, clearly hinting to me that God was behind them. And I knew I would get this. I suppose that that could be true, but by the same token, why would a God just decide to make things rad for one day? I know I'm a rather arrogant youth that is rebellious at heart and definitely likes to pout amidst my sorrows in life, and perhaps it will take me one day to truly hit rock bottom, 
before I can put my faith into Christ. But for now, I'm just not sure about any of it. There are so many people who preach their love and faith in God, who in fact have very mean-spirited, sp- excuse me, spirited, holier-than-thou attitudes, and this just disgusts me. And at the risk of sounding trite, I try very hard to be a loving and compassionate person to everyone. And though I definitely am not perfect, I am trying, and I'm trying without basing my life around God. And is this wrong? People are constantly trying to tell me that they know God is truth in life. And how do they know? I mean, we really know nothing. And that attitude that people know only frustrates me further. On Saturday of last week, while I was sitting in a health club trying to burn off fat somehow, uh, I got a call from Mallory. She's now married, living in Sweden uh, with her husband and the proud mother of uh, my first grandchild, our first grandchild. And um, over the past year, she has decided on her own to open up the Bible while living in Sweden and read it. And during the course of our uh, phone conversation, she conveyed to me that she was, for a number of personal reasons, ready to surrender her life over to God. We talked about the sinner's prayer, and I offered to lead her in it, not knowing if she knew what to say or do. But she declined, saying she would rather offer the prayer herself. So I sat there listening as years of fear and dread and at times faithlessness melted away as this child confessed her sinful life and her need for forgiveness and in need of a redeemer to do what she could not do for herself. Mallory asked Jesus to give her new life and for him to be the Lord and King of her uh, entire everything. I don't think Malgal could detect the torrent of tears that were running down my face as evidence of the years of worry and concern that I had for her spiritual welfare. Tears over having done something wrong, maybe, and standing up for Jesus as a man instead of the religion that she knew as a child. Even wondering if at times if I did the right thing by uprooting her from the religion of her youth. It's possible that some people who have never been LDS are not going to understand what I'm saying here, but anyone who has been LDS and walked away from it knows exactly what I mean. My friends, you cannot go wrong ever in placing all of your faith and trust in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the shed blood of his son. I am so proud of Mallory and of Cassidy and Delaney, all who on their own accord, in spite of having a donkey for a father, uh, have received him as the Lord. And uh, Mary and I want to thank each and every one of you who have been praying for our family and for this ministry throughout the years. I'm sure I can speak for Mary and for every parent out there who loves God when I say that as parents there is nothing more on this earth more important to us than knowing that our children know and love the Lord. And with that, let's have a prayer. Ten years ago. <laughs> a lot has happened. A lot has been learned and discovered and, and uh, changes in thoughts. And uh, you're, you're still, of course, uh, you know the Lord, you love the Lord, but life has different meaning with two boys and work, health issues. Before we go on, um, I want to say that Where Cassidy and Delaney came along later, Mallory was the guinea pig for me being a father. That's terrifying. And uh, I came off a Mormon mission, and just with my natural uh, way, I was authoritative and um, lacked in the description of agape love in raising her in the first 18 years of her life, I think. No, I mean, I, I loved her, and I tried my best, and, and there were, of course, good times, but there were some times where I remember, I mean, I remember one time I was watching her. Her mom was at a Relief Society meeting. This was rare I would be watching the kids at all, but she was just a baby. Had to have been like eight months old, and uh, she wouldn't stop crying, would not stop crying. And I finally got her eight, six, eight months old, 
and I lifted her up out of the crib and I shook her. And I mean, I didn't shake her violently, but I shook her and I yelled. I said, stop it, stop it, stop it. I couldn't take it. And I'm not kidding you, with God as my witness, he was probably in her. Her eyes opened and she looked into my eyes and she yelled, ah! (laughs) And it was like, I am in here. I am frustrated. Don't yell at me. (laughs) Really? And that's, so she has a makeup that is, is anxious, perfection, all the things that come with the first child, all the mistakes you make as a parent, you feel so guilty. So I was grateful that you came to know the Lord because of the strength he can give. Go back with me now. After you've come to know him, well, hey, go back to the Mormon years. How was it? It was all about the social standing. Yeah. Uh, wanting to always be with friends, which I now see through my own kids. They're not as bad as I was. All I wanted was to be doing what was uh, hanging with the cool families of the ward and boy crazy. I had nothing, no, very little to no understanding of what God was and didn't really try. I just went yeah. with emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I used to say, Mom had an experience with God who he told her she is going to be fine. But I used to say, I think it will be a miracle if Mallory knows God. Yeah. I, I didn't believe it was really part of your makeup. And you know him. Well, I was going to say, I still don't know if I do. Honestly, a lot I, uh, that I said in that video 10 years ago is still kind of true. Mm. Tell us about it. Just in that I, uh, hmm, don't understand why it is that on certain days God will make himself known and on certain days he won't, why in certain people's lives he came to a sermon a couple weeks ago here where we talked about why babies drown, why other people who are the most arrogant, self-righteous, mean-spirited, selfish people thriving in this world. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think God is a weakness anymore. Uh, Who do you think he is? He's my strength. If, if I didn't have that to look to at this point, forget it. But life, life still ago. confuses the hell out of you. Oh, yeah. You were diagnosed when you were in Sweden, your elbow, was it your elbow first? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Blew up, swollen. Mm-hmm. And then other, your hands, you, did, you were just like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And you've been diagnosed with uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. And that's definitely affected your life. Mm -hmm. You're on essentially a chemotherapy for your blood. Mm -hmm. So you are now faced with where's God in this? Yeah. Does that come up? Sure. Mm -hmm. Or what have I done? No. Oh, yeah. That is one of my hang-ups with God, too, is what am I in control of and what is He? Mm. How much of it is my fault? How much of it is do you know what I'm saying? Like, what if there's no cause and effect? What if it's just life and he's there to, to be your comfort and to be there to hold you through the misery that is the human existence? Yeah. Is that possible? Sure. We talked about that last week here at campus. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and by the way, just to let you know how it works here, I mean, how long have you lived in Utah now? Uh, um, well, two years this upcoming summer. And how many times have you attended campus on a Sunday? Maybe, oh, maybe five? May, well, maybe Four? three. Three? Yeah, not a lot. And, and people ask me, where's Mallory? Where's the kid? And I said, oh, she's probably sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know, tired. She works all week. Coming to church on Sunday with those boys is tough. And like, really? I was like, yeah. I said, if I could sleep in, I'd sleep in. <laughs> I mean, that's the way it is with church. Church should be something that is 
you're going to be happy to go to, not drag your kids kicking in the street gaming. Mm -hmm. You show up with them, mm -hmm. they have fun, and then so, and I think that's important that people understand the religion is here to help you and serve you, and if it doesn't, you don't need it. No, absolutely. Especially if you know God. Yeah. To think of mom having to get us all ready, and not just ready, but fancy ready, hair curled, tight stockings. Yeah, every morning on a Sunday with infants, like, oh, I've always, I'm a big homebody and big person of follow your kids leads and if my kids gonna nap in the middle of the day I'm not gonna take them out for even for church yeah. but the Mormon church would tell me I'm yeah failing at for that which is the last thing a mother needs to hear and oh. mm -hmm. so um, your conversion that came about in many ways because of your pregnancy yeah for sure mm -hmm. I thought I had it all together I wanted a home birth my husband and I wanted a home birth. I don't know if they left. We wanted it so much. I considered myself this invincible. It was before the arthritis. I took a lot of pride in my, sorry, I keep touching the mic. I took a lot of pride in my health and my, how I took care of myself. That was before I had God. So I believe that that's when I believe that I'm the reason, you know, if you want to have a healthy life, you have to eat healthy and exercise and da da da. <laughs> And I just got my ass handed to me, more or less. So, uh, laser, I, my water broke during prenatal yoga, like pelvic tilts I was doing to try and just make everything perfect for the home birth. I was doing them and, and six weeks early, my water popped, my water broke, popped. And uh, everything was just like, what now? I thought I had it all under control and now it was, okay, I, I got nothing, and I don't know if my baby's gonna live or die, I don't know, we're not gonna be at the house anymore, go to the hospital, and it was just a series of events that broke uh, me down more and more. That's something I struggle with, though, that we have to be broken to find him. Why? I, have a feeling, I have a feeling if you struggle with that, and it's not a threat, it's just if you struggle with that, you will consistently meet that in your life. That I'm gonna keep. Sure. And I have been since, ladies and gentlemen. I yeah. can attest <laughs> I mean, to that. God loves you, and so if you are someone who says, you know, I just don't get this thing having to be broken, he's gonna say, all right, let's see if you get, when you learn that lesson. I mean, it's just. Well, think, I hear you, but like, it's like with the, I work at a preschool right now, and they're all about, we're not here to break down the child into submission, but really, that is what it is. We, we keep them coming. They're tortured. They hate coming to school, but we keep doing it until we've broken them down into, okay, I, I can say bye to mom and dad now without crying. And Okay, so if you're looking at God, though, okay. not another human being, All right. and he has his children because you've received his son, and you're his child by faith, and now he says, all right, what, do, what does Mallory need in her character that's going to make her better, truly a better not just not better for me, better for her, happier. What, what, what does she need? And suddenly it says, well, you know, Mallory's pretty stubborn and she doesn't understand the need to be broken. She's, yeah. And why God would need to break us. So, you know, and, and he does that with all of us. This is not, you know, pick yeah. on Mallory. You know, we all are under his care. Just like you as a mother with your sons, what would you want to ferret out of them and how would you ferret those things out of them? What would it take to get those things out that you don't appreciate in their character? That they freely express. Maybe it's being mean to each other. Mm -hmm. So maybe they need someone being mean to them to teach them. It's mm -hmm. not good. Would you want that if it cured it? Because a loving parent might. Yeah. So it's things like that, I think. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, uh, Mallory is a musician. She studied uh, music uh, first at N, uh, NYU and then at Hunter, graduated from Hunter in New York City. Uh, this kid's tough. I, I mean, <laughs> this is a tough kid. She's tough. There's a tough guy right there that <laughs> yeah. might have something to do with that. But she is really, I mean, she was in high school riding her bicycle and uh. someone threw, some boys threw what, donuts? No. Uh, Freaking, what is it, big gulp. Big gulp at her. A big gulp, guys. It was my birthday. It was her birthday. It was my birthday. And took off and parked in the high school, and she rode her bike like the witch in The Wizard of Oz, 
and she found that car and she slashed all four tires. Cassidy brought me the knife. Cassidy got her the knife. Yes, I had support. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, I did the deed. Uh, tough. New York City walking down the street, hit by a puck from street kids playing. Gets in their face, yelling at these gangsters. Okay. Just tough broad. And um. the Lord, uh, he's, he, he has so softened you, even though you're still tough, mm. he has softened you. And, and he's brought a heart out of you that has always, but you've always had a heart. Praise him, though. Yeah. Praise yes. him, yeah. Always had a heart. Uh, but that musical gift, when you were a, a secular writer, singer, it was all songs that were just packed with words. It was your forte, it, it just these huge lyrics, long lyrics. And then when you came to the Lord, you got involved for us uh, to um, put the Word of God to music. And on, on a, our family's a music-loving family. And I, I mean, if I was gonna name top five bands in my life, Tool, Faith No More, Bad Religion, Dixie Chicks, huh? Mallory McCraney. Oh. No question. No question. Didn't see that coming, actually. She and her sisters have played, sung on Beach Boys album background. They've uh, played with other professionals. Their, their music, but her music, see, it doesn't fit the Christian mode. It doesn't have the inviting, engaging type of thing because she's putting the word of God to music. And that is so difficult because it's not rhyming. It's Hebrew uh, translated to English, but I'm telling you, we have 54 songs. You have CDs that we've given to people who write and say, it's, they, please tell Mallory how much this brings the word into my life. So what we're gonna do right now is to have a special, we'll come back and talk, special uh, song by Cassidy and Mallory. They've sung in some clubs down in Southern California <laughs> together. We're gonna hear them sing right now. One of, what verse is it, do we know? Oh my. Oh, it's two. And what, what passages do we know? This is the bad part about these songs is I can say the verses, but I we can, don't know the reference. cannot say the reference. It's the yeah. word of God. <laughs> so you can look it up, though, pretty easily, I would think. I'm nervous, though. No. Don't be nervous. Can I'm right here with you. I'll sing it if you need me. Oh, please. We need a three-part <laughs> harmony. He could do it, too. Uh,
Teach me your path. Lead me in your truth and teach me for you the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me Beautiful, beautiful. Thanks, thanks. Oh, uh, Mallory, wife and mother, working woman, and how do you do it, Mal? <laughs> I have my ways, my coping mechs. <laughs> Your coping mechs? That really started once the arthritis did. I struggled as when my kids were little with the lack of sleep, I mean little, little, we were still in Sweden, still having infants, that was hard on my, uh, as much as I loved God and, and knew God, my temper would get away from me all the time, and the mom guilt, and it was just such a cycle of, it was not the greatest period in my life, and there's not a lot of time to study the Bible when you're a mom of young children, all you want to do when you have time is watch your Netflix or sleep, and so, uh, I started um, with an antidepressant, which helped things for a good solid year. I saw a difference in my patients with my, with my sons, and uh, they got older, which also helped. They're still wild as crud, though. And then the rheumatoid kicked in, which changed me completely. And I don't know if really I even fully understand it yet, because, uh, but a part of me died when that came. Um, just uh, a light that I feel like I had in me. I told you guys before, I prided myself on my health and my wellness, and here I was just like d disintegrating and tired all the time, sleeping, you have no idea, like, and a family that's like, what's wrong with her, you know? Uh, so I turned to some coping mechanisms that, um, yeah. And uh, those coping mechanisms are legal in some places in the world, and they're illegal in other places. Correct. And so there is a stigma, and, and this, is this is really important in our day and age, because the uh, coping mechanism is, uh, because it's not legal in some places, mm -hmm. there's a stigma associated with it that it is more evil, mm -hmm. more sinful, sure. more harmful than uh, perhaps uh, having a glass of sherry at tonight before mm -hmm. you go to bed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, um, and so you've had to deal with that as a mother. You've had to deal with it in our family because you have a dad who is uh, strongly um, supportive of you tries, but I've also been hard on you. Super supportive, guys. It's tough because we want what's best for our kids and we don't want uh, coping mechanisms to take over. They can in your life, mm -hmm. they can in other people's lives. So how do you balance that? What are, what are you discovering? And, and what do you think as a Christian woman? You believe Jesus has died for you, God is your source of strength, you, can, you pump out beautiful music like no other how do you balance that? It's all, that's the key word, is just balancing it. I think God it loves me uh, so much, but 
and uh, loves me through all of it, all of my decisions. Uh, it's a constant battle of the flesh for me now. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a super addictive personality, um, and we have that in our genetics, to my understanding, in our family, which makes it even that much more of a struggle. Um, so knowing what God wants for me versus my boredom here and frustration with a world that is so unlike God and everything that is just and good, uh, yeah, keeping it in check is, is not always easy and something that I've been good at in the past. But I know that when I do keep it in check, which again is next to impossible, uh, God is just, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry if that's offensive to people, but well, God loves me. I'm good. Of I, he I, does. Yeah. Yeah. My heart is still the same. Yeah. And um, if it makes it so I am not screaming all day long at my children, you know, you got to look at that. What's more worth it? My pride over something that is taboo and harmful in uh, too many, too, in too much. You're having to be careful with your words. Uh -huh. Let me ask you something, Mal, and this is, just, and I want you to respond honestly because this is rhetoric that we hear within the faith. We just need to trust the Lord more, mm. you know? There's, I mean, if you really have Jesus in you, you don't need Prozac, and if you really have Jesus. Oh my gosh. It's so insulting. <laughs> or I just don't, there's not, you know, you come to here. This is the only place where I can, you can really get real with people. Forget about it in this state. The, the Mormon church is almost, I mean, of course, there's got to be some members in there, but the Mormon church is the an complete antithesis of what I want from the world, what I want from people, what, which is just compassion, love, and, uh, So uh, whether it's coming from a Latter-day Saint or from a Christian, anyone who says, if you have enough Jesus, you don't need, and, and that's, that's similar true, to someone saying, if you have enough Jesus, you don't need your insulin if you're diabetic, and you don't need your heart medicine either. I mean, if you really have enough Jesus, you don't need it. And, and what would you say to that for our audience who watches, and maybe there's mothers out there who are young and struggling, and people who like uh, a coping mechanism too, mm -hmm. and need it, they feel. Um, what would you say to someone who has that guilt of feeling like, gosh, if I just had enough faith, enough, <laughs> enough trust in him, I could overcome this frustration? We are not meant to be perfect in this life. We're not. We're this world is broken. Yeah. And uh, God is the only saving grace. Mm. It's so hard for me to keep my train of thought. Uh, There's a reason for that. Child. I know. <laughs> That's the uh, dad coming out in me. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I would say... Oh, gosh. Who are they? What do they know? That is not love. Think about your own child. Okay. If it were your own child coming to you and constantly struggling in life and... Well, you're just not doing good enough, son. No, it's not. It's it's going to be hard sometimes. It is the broken world. We are not expected to thrive here. It's all over the Bible that uh, his 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 true ones will suffer here. Mm -hmm. That's not going to make you feel that much better, though. About uh, okay, great. So I get to suffer now. What does it do for me? You can't tell me that I don't have enough. God in my life. You don't know my heart. Hmm. That's true. What else could you say, really, mm -hmm. to a person that says something that like that? You know, you're clearly not going to get anywhere mm -hmm. with. If someone ever says some, what would you say? God say what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, we can't. We can't go down that road. You know. You gotta. People have their things. Mm -hmm, they exactly. Have their things. We're, no matter if we judge it or not, you mm -hmm. know, it doesn't make a difference. They have their things. Yeah. And they always will, and they always have. And then God so loved us that He sent His only begotten Son to save us mm -hmm. in a world that we could not save ourselves. Yeah. 
And that encouraging, hopeful message is the one that needs to be sung loud and clear in everyone's ear. Yeah. So when people come to me and say, you know, I'm smoking too much pot, or I'm, I'm doing too many of this, or I'm, I'm, I'm involved in an illicit relationship and all that, I say, well, you know, how's Jesus in your life, you know? Are you have hope in that? Are you looking to that? And instead of talking about the, the thing, talk about the solution to the thing, or at least the thing that can help, yeah. which is Jesus. Unfortunately for you, uh, I'm your dad, and so when it comes to that, the pastoral, it's really tough when you're a pastor with your kids because you do wear a different hat sometimes. Mm -hmm. And the liberty and freedom you can have, you try, you try to be loving and you try to have that total unconditional support. But when it comes to your kids, man, you, you start worrying about, well, he's gonna ruin your life. Mm -hmm. Are you gonna wind up on Skid Row? You know, mm -hmm. and uh, stuff like that. So it's not easy. No. How about raising kids? What do you tell them about God? I hear you're, uh, we know that your one son came home and said that the universe was made by a, uh, he went to, he goes to us. Oh, yeah. Heard of a big explosion, or the more or less. The universe was made by a big explosion. Uh, Bjorn, calls uh -huh. me Bjorn, he's bear in Swedish. Uh-huh. Bjorn, it was made by an explosion. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> wow, we had a discussion. How are you uh, incorporating? And you're not being dogmatic with them, and you're letting them think. And I, your your husband isn't necessarily a Christian believer. No, I'm not sure where he is. Uh, that Me is, yeah. I think he's getting there, uh, or whatever. I don't want to say that either. Uh, he he believes in God. He's definitely a seeker. I don't know if he wants to give a name to it yet. Um, mm -hmm. One of the main things I guess that always keeps me turning back to God is the um, just there is the most immaculate things in his creation. What in the heck? Are you honestly going to tell me that just came out of nothing? A big bang and we carry babies in our bellies for nine months and they're perfectly ready to come out of that. No, it's all it's so ornately detailed. There's just no way that's a coincidence. And that's what I appeal to with my kids the most, I think, just his creation and uh, the beauty around us, um, being loving. I know that uh, my they like to use it against each other when they wash their hands now. My youngest likes to lie about washing his hands and my oldest says, he knows, <laughs> he knows. And so I try and make God, I, I, I don't wanna, you know, make God seem to be that scary thing that it is when you're kind of a kid. You're scared and you wanna please him and you wanna, trying not to do that which is probably another reason why I don't make them go to church because I don't want it to become a source of contention ever I want it to always be something that they have chosen and are into doing and I, you have my yeah. full support in that yeah. never force no no yeah. no he never and has in time and they yeah. come here and they have a great time oh yeah time, so and they love Bjorn more than anyone so it's not a struggle at all to ask them if they want to come to campus it's usually me wanting to sleep in on the weekends so uh, it's right. me it's me people that's all right uh any other thoughts to share <laughs> with our viewers at home especially young mothers uh people with children what you found in your relationship having left Mormonism are you glad that we left when you look around oh yeah hmm. really glad when you were young and you were at mutual and we would go to war with some of those Mormons who would come and they'd pull your skirt down and oh yeah uh -huh. they would tell you that you're dressed inappropriately and wouldn't let me go into the temple because my boyfriend at the time confessed to things that had been done behind the bedroom door and I was it, just very humiliating things for a kid to go through without any explanation either. They're not telling you why it's wrong or why you're being separated or kept from going inside the holiest temple. They don't tell you why, they just, you did that, so, no, oh, oh. And the rumors spread and everyone's talking and everyone's judging and. The rest of the stake goes in they go into the temple and you're on an outing with them and you have to sit outside. Mm -hmm. So everyone got to say, where's Mallory? Why didn't she come to? Uh, it just drives uh, me nuts. Yeah. I mean, and we, I know we can pick on the Mormons. And this is it, our second to the last I was just gonna show. say, yeah, it's not just them. No. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Everywhere you go, there is the religion of, what is it, uh, conform or be cast, cast out. out, yeah. yeah. 
And, uh, and so what I had Dave, a good friend here, comes to campus tell me, you know, really, our whole thing is about love. And freedom is, is the way you learn and come to complete love. If you don't have that freedom, you're incapable of really loving. Mm -hmm. So you have to have that freedom to make mistakes, to be in sin, to not be, to dress how you want, to believe how you want, to think as you want. And when everyone has that freedom, then the capacity to be able to love each other is present. When you start to throw in rules, then that love is negated and crushed, and you have people saying, well, Mallory didn't obey the rules. She's mm -hmm. outside, and they gossip, and they're mean-hearted. And, and so the, the freedom has to be the precursor to love. And uh, the antithesis to that is going to be rules. Yeah. And it's going to be, because with rules come judgment. And here at campus, we often use an example of just, just say there are no rules at all in the church. Doesn't matter what gender you are or <laughs> what gender you like or what you do with your free time or what you smoke or don't smoke or eat or don't eat or dress or don't dress. That's all up to you. But there's one rule, just mm -hmm. one, Mallory. You gotta wear socks to mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. You gotta wear socks. That's the only rule we have. And so what would happen once that rule was made and everybody understands is that people would come in and there would be some who wouldn't be wearing socks. Mm -hmm. And so the judgment begins. The people who aren't re re wearing socks are rebellious. The people who are wearing socks are proud. Mm -hmm. And then pretty soon you're gonna start seeing people wearing designer socks. Mm -hmm. And maybe some special types mm -hmm. of Sunday socks. <coughs> then you're gonna have people who won't even wear shoes to rebel against the sock wearers. Then you have division. And it goes on ad nauseum, ad infinitum, and that's one single rule. But if you have the freedom of wear socks, don't wear socks, wear shoes, don't, and this is emblematic of any rule, and just come to know Jesus, then everyone is free to love. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, got any final thoughts? Um, fellowshipping is good and whatever, like for me personally, I like to go, especially nowadays, and not fellowship at all because it's hard in this world. It's really hard to go out and not get in a fight just about your beliefs. It's everywhere you go, it's going to turn into some gnarly debate, whether it's on online or in person. So it's easier for me. And I've, I used to argue with my dad about this. Why do we need to go and live in the world where it's so hard and it makes me act out in my flesh when I could just go to a desert island and be by myself and, but without work, there is no love. And so I know the work that it takes to go out and be in the world that I do for my kids, uh, it's, it's, it's all worth it. But um, to find maybe one friend one friend, because it's pretty hard to find more than one friend, honestly, a real friend who has kids around your age. That was a real saving grace to me. Every time I dragged my feet going to those kind of play dates, but once I was there and got to vent with another mom, uh, see that I'm not alone in the uh, loneliness, in the mayhem, in the guilt, in the just hopelessness of it all sometimes that could help you and always the word you know if you can't read it then you can you can listen to a song or, or two but to have those uh turn to turn to for me personally it's been a blessing to do those songs because now i have those verses in my head and i can speak to how beneficial that is so not trying to promote myself or nothing but i am it really does um get it in you and when you're at your lowest, all you can say is, "What's uh, the tribulations one for we, for we also glory in tribulations, uh, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance. It's just an unending quotes you could say from the Bible that is like, okay, all right, I'll keep trying. Yeah. That's all we can do. I'm proud of you. Mm. I'm very proud of you. I'm proud of you. You and I have gone through the struggles mm -hmm. a little bit together. We've had some fallouts a couple times. We're both very similar, mm -hmm. but uh, we love each other. We love the Lord. We understand that this life is, and Christians are not perfect. Yeah. But he is, keep going, my 
beautiful <laughs> daughter. Thank Keep you, going. Thank We're you. so proud of you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> One more show next week, oh and we will see you here on Heart of the Matter. I'm on a ride, going nowhere I am an existential cowboy on the Storms are rising, the dawn's awaiting till a hundred monkeys know. And I can feel the light filled monkeys start.